As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to the Mental Ignition Podcast with your host, Connor Meyer. Enjoy the conversations. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Welcome to this episode of the Mental Ignition Podcast. I am your host, Connor Meyer, and I am joined by our co-host, Eric Johnson. Today, we have our monthly one-on-one with Eric and myself for some thoughtful conversation. Uh, We're going to do this once a month where just Eric and myself have conversations on hot topics and topics that um, we think could bring some value to you, you guys as the listeners, so... Um, Eric, it's great to have, uh, have you on the show with me. <laughs> it is great to see your beautiful smiling face this beautiful evening. It is a Glad beautiful be day out. Actually. I was just like, I was driving around today and I was like, like, wow, it is nice out. It's not too hot. The humidity's not crazy. Um, I don't know what it's like over there in Rochester, but it was pretty nice out here. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, probably about the same. Buffalo is a little nicer as an aesthetic is concerned, but weather is about the same. <laughs> it is uh up-and-coming city. So, you know, I'm just saying. Rochester isn't. But, you know, I digress. No, I'm kidding. Rochester is yeah, a cool well, city. It's, it's not bad. If anybody ever has a chance, definitely go and visit it. Um, but uh, I'm biased to Buffalo. So, uh, yeah. Anyways, we're going to talk about two topics today, uh, and that's motivation and purpose, which is a little redundant in terms of some of our other episodes, but we figured there is never enough knowledge and insight to share on our topics, Um, and because of that, we're going to continue conversations like this once a month, and we're also going to have repeat guests come on the show um, as well, so watch for that in future episodes. Um, So... Motivation, Eric, I know that's something that you are very uh, close with as well as myself in terms of understanding it uh, personally. Um, neither of us would be where we are today basically without motivation. I mean, oh, yeah. motivation for our purposes, 
whatever they were at you know the times that they existed. Oh yeah, no, that's a definitive fact. Um, you know, without the spurts of motivation here and there to actually do something massive, you and I probably wouldn't be where we're sitting today, which is awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you need motivation every day. It's a very overlooked concept. I think, I mean, think of just getting up in the morning, like you truly do need motivation to want to get up in the morning. And maybe that motivation is, is extrinsic in, in nature uh, rather than intrinsic. And I think there's something to be said about that. And what I mean by that is internal motivation versus external motivation. So basically intrinsic motivation is what drives you to do everything you do every day. Right. And yep. you know, is, is always present regardless of external stimuli. And then external motivation is, you know, stuff like an alarm clock or bills, right? Or, um, you know, your grades of your class for your final, like that is motivation that's extrinsic in nature. Um, And I I will say this, as far as the extrinsic versus intrinsic aspect, uh, and I'd like to harp on the alarm situation (laughs) because I have been mildly notorious in the past for sleeping through the alarm, which is why I'm using my phone and my work phone now as two separate alarm systems. But if I miss both, there is an intrinsic motivator for me as well, which is fear. Yeah. Usually fear. I wake up and I see the sun out. I'm like, good Lord, I have woken up, you know, later than anyone else has. I am a piece of shit at this point. (laughs) Yeah. I get that same feeling. Um, The sun comes up and I feel like, it's wrong for me to be in bed any longer. And I feel like a lot of people could relate to that. Um, yeah, because you know, there, there are the intrinsic and extrinsic, like for me, the intrinsic motivation as far as waking up is concerned. Like I take a lot of pride in getting up around 5 a.m. You know, there are people who get up at 4, um, which is in my ballpark. I don't need to. I've calculated the time it takes for me to take the dogs out, yep. do my cardio in the morning, get ready for work, and then drive to work. But so 5 a.m. is kind of my my time, and I know I'm probably getting up well before a good percentage of anyone else who's mm-hmm. you know living in, on the East Coast, um, and that helps me out as far as like I'm doing a little more than anyone else is who is in my time zone, and I for some reason enjoy that fact. Like I'm starting my day off with a grind, just sucking it up, getting up at 5 a.m taking my dog out for like 10, 15 minutes and then going straight on the treadmill afterwards. Yeah. You're it's like, you're building motivation for the day basically. Yeah. You know, yeah, you're, you know, your intrinsic drive to get prepared for the day. And I have the same type of ritual in the morning and I'll say I've been a little bad at it lately with hitting snooze and whatnot. I'm actually considering getting this cool. It's just a lot of money, but it's called the Pavlock. I saw a bunch of ads for it and it, this like wristband or you could wear it on the bottom of your watch too or as a wristband it'll um gently attempt to wake you up with like vibrations and it follows your circadian rhythm to wake you up in your lightest you know sleep rhythm which is great for motivation by the way if you've ever been woken up when you're when your body is prepared to wake up you feel 
awake. You don't feel groggy. When you get woken up out of REM sleep, that's when you have that groggy, cruddy feeling in the mornings. If and everybody knows what I'm talking about, but that's 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 what uh, makes you feel like that. You could get like ten hours of sleep, and if you're in REM and you're woken up, you're gonna feel tired. But um, no, yeah, I was thinking of getting something like that to help wake me up. Hopefully, we get some royalties for that. <clears throat> shout out, Paplock, if you're listening. But uh... <laughs> please shout out. But I, I will, I will moderately disagree with you on that one because oh, yeah? I need someone to shake the bear shit out of me in the morning to wake me up. Oh man, uh, I'm just like I know I'm a heavy sleeper and I snore, so I probably snore louder than my alarms when they go off in the morning, which is probably why I don't hear them. Um, so I need someone to just come over. Like I, I would hire someone in a heartbeat, just push me off the bed at five a.m. every morning. You, so- know, you get ten bucks every morning. Let's do it. This Pavlock might be good for you because what it does is if it doesn't, if you don't wake up, it actually electrical, electrically shocks you a little bit. It's like a safe shock and it starts pulsating and shocking you to get you out of bed. So, and it's, you, and you're it's, speaking my language now. I know. And that's exactly the kind of motivation, extrinsic motivation that I need in the mornings. Like when I'm, you know, when I've been grinding, cause I feel so much better. If I get up early, I feel like I've accomplished so much more than the rest of society in a day, just because by the time 9am rolls around, I'm in my first meeting, right? I've worked out, I've meditated, I've eaten food, I've gotten my brain functioning at the high level I need it to be functioning at, right? Every day for 9am. And that's a big thing for me. I can't just wake up and just go into work, right? It doesn't work like that because it's too intellectually demanding. So I got to get my brain warmed up and, you know, I have to find the motivation every day to get my brain warmed up. And, you know, that's individual for me, just like it's individual for everyone else. What is your intrinsic motivation to get you up in the morning? That's the question everybody should be asking themselves. What gets you up in the morning other than your alarm, other than all the other extrinsic factors, um, you know, and, and for me, it's, it's a, I know personally for me, it's a, it's a drive for excellence and self-improvement. You know, if you improved yourself 1% a day at the end of the year, you would theoretically be 365% better than at the start of the year. Right. Because if you focus on just the minor small changes, the minor small goals and objectives, that's what adds up into success, in my opinion. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. What's the name of this wristband, though? Is it a wristband or a watch? It's it's a wristband, but it, it's like a little okay. block, and it would actually go like on the bottom of your watch right here. Um, okay. Or you can wear it as a standalone band. But I am legitimately thinking of buying one and getting it because what, what's the brand called? Pavlock. P. Okay, Pavlock. If anyone is listening to this who knows anything about Pavlock or is associated with Pavlock, we want you. Yeah. We need you. Yeah, we want you. We want to hear about it because it, what they advertise it as is it's like a um, habit changer. So you can use it to shift habits and like, I think they call it Pavlock because it's like Pavlov's dog. Like, you know how they oh, shock okay. the dog when it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing and then they train it to do... That's that's how your subconscious is trained, actually. Um, so if you're trying to reprogram yourself and you're trying to change your habits, it takes extreme discipline. And 
motivation is not enough, right? And we've, we've talked about this. You need discipline. Mo- you could have all the motivation in the world and it's pointless if you are not motivated to acknowledge that. It, or oh, if you are not uh, disciplined <laughs> to acknowledge that motivation and, and capitalize on it. Like yeah. discipline is getting up when you are literally completely dead exhausted and all you want to do is hit snooze and you can hit snooze and you won't be, you know, punished, right? There won't be any real immediate consequence. You know, having the discipline to ignore that temptation and get up and get after your day, that is the secret recipe right there for success. Yeah, and I just a uh, recap on that one, Connor. Like at 5 a.m. or 4 a.m., whatever the hell you wake up, you're waking up early, no one is motivated to get out of bed. No. No one wants to go away from the comfort <clears throat> of their warm sheets. Nobody's intrinsically motivated, right? Yes. You need – yeah, but the big thing is here is that the – discipline kicks in at that point mm-hmm. you know I, and I i think i've said this on a previous podcast like the one thing that runs through my head and it's a stupid slogan it's my life motto for a lot of things because it just it's like it snapped for me real quick and i just think about it i'm like you know what mama ain't raised no bitch i'm <laughs> getting out of bed today we're doing this right now yeah. and it's it's a, it's such a simple goddamn saying but I'm like, you know, if my parents saw me or, you know, my younger siblings saw me and they're like, Eric is really disciplined, but what the fuck's he doing today? I'm like, I got to get after it. There, there's a purpose for it for me. I understand the reasoning. I have to get up. I'm not sleeping in. I'm going to get this shit going early. And I'm going to conquer and crush the rest of my day. Exactly. And you know, when you lay your head down on the pillow at night and you had a day like that and you got after it, you feel good you feel good about yourself you really do and and that's really a huge part of our mental health is feeling good about our days when we end the day we want to feel good about what we accomplished that day and if you are not disciplining yourself you know to get after it each day and maximize your daily potential you know to the best of your ability some days are slower than others you know, we can't go 100% all the time. That's a big, you know, 800-pound gorilla that's staring all of us in the face, you know, and it's a truth. You can't give 100% every day. There's no such thing. But you can give maximum potential. You can maximize the potential that you have for that day. But it doesn't mean you're operating at 100%. Maybe you're operating at 80% that day, right? Yeah, I mean, but it's if, the if best you can, you can yeah. give. You know, at the end of the week, if you want to average it out, if you can land between like seventy to eighty percent, you're doing great. Yeah, like it's it's like the old um, business model Pareto distribution as far as labor is, is concerned. You know, when you look at it on a grand scale, twenty percent of the workforce does a hundred percent of the work. Yeah, the eighty twenty rule is is, yeah. and that's what you know. You, you mentioned Pareto, like a Pareto chart is categorizing everything into eighty percent and then other being 20 right so basically what that's saying is you know if you can get an 80 percent solution that is successful 
you know, it, it basically taking action, making decisions and getting after it, even if those actions, those decisions aren't perfect in nature, that's okay. You're still getting after it. You're still putting in maximum effort. And I think, um, that's something we, we don't talk about very well in society. And, and when you talk about mental health, you know, you basically have the people out there who are like, yeah, go 100%, be an animal, you know, and a lot of them are bodybuilders. I'm sorry, Eric, I'll say it that way, where you have to be regimented with your diet 100% of the time, all the time. You have to do this. You want a body like this, you got to do this. And, and it's bullshit. You know, it's yeah, not it's true. It's, it's, yeah. Can I hop on that with the bodybuilding thing? Because, like, a lot of these guys you'll see online. And there's a guy, Beach Friends, who's, I I hate the guy by all means. Um, But if you look at his commercials, he used to run a hell of a lot of ads. I think it was like six months ago. He ran this huge ad campaign, had these big guys on there. But he was showing one guy on there who's like absolutely fucking yoked, ripped, like great body. But, you know, when he's doing his little fly shit, so you can see he's got like this massive deposit of gyno. It's like, yeah, you probably ran a shitty test cycle. Well, and, yeah. Know, you watch that. Yeah. And it's like, you know, a lot, a lot of these people who are like, you need to do X, Y, Z as far as the motivation aspect is concerned, don't really walk the walk that exactly. they're telling you to do. Because, because it's not realistic. They're yeah, selling like, a, a fallacy. Yeah. It's, like a lot of the guys who, you know, if I'm going to be poo-pooed on this one but like anyone who competes like npc sorry ifbb pro like even like a chris bumstead or anyone like that none of those guys are natural and it's it's kind of a well-known fact like chris bumstead's very open about his the fact that he's not but he's going to push supplements he's going to push like oh if you want to do this you got to eat like this it's like i can't eat five thousand calories a day my body is just going to shit liquid for a week yeah at that point like you have to find your own intrinsic motivations and you're an intrinsic discipline to actually carry you and find your own specific goals for yourself. Because when you start following these guys who have like this massive cloud following, it doesn't help you. It hurts you because you're going to be like, oh, he does. He's 5,000 calories a day. I can do that. Yeah, you're going to do that for like three days and realize like your body can't sustain that. Like what's the bioavailability of that food you're eating? Yeah. You know, not 100%. It might be roughly 35 to 45% and you're going to shit like a horse. <laughs> not your body's not going to process any of it. Yeah. I, I just think bodybuilding is a great example to highlight. And this is the message we're trying to send to our listeners. It's okay. It's okay to have those rough days. It's okay to feel that temptation to not get after it or to get up in the morning. That's natural. Everybody experience it. How you react to that is what determines how that day is going to go, though. Because all you control is your reaction. That's the only thing we have control in life. Our reaction to external stimuli. Everything else is going to happen. And it's going to happen how it's going to happen, right? But you control your reaction to all of it. So, you know, make the decision to get up in the morning. Make the decision to eat a little bit healthier. Make the decision to go to bed a little bit earlier, make the decision to drink a little bit less this night, right? You don't have to flat out deny yourself these, you know, things that, you know, you enjoy like a pizza or like a drink here and there. That's okay. And anybody who tells yeah. you it's not, they're full of shit. 
at the end of the day. That's the reality. You know, pardon my language, but, um, you know, I'm going to call a spade a spade. You know, nobody's, yeah, nobody's perfect. Outer, I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you completely on this one. Yeah. Like, a lot of people are full of shit. I'm not going to excuse my language because I curse like a son of a bitch on this podcast. <laughs> um, so poo-poo on you, Connor, for doing so. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, you know, we, we talked a lot about motivation, though and discipline but, but actually can we before we move on to the next topic i want to say because i just realized this i feel like you and i as far as the podcast goes like we actually talk about a lot of pseudo like stoic principles yeah we do stoicism is you know i've read a, i've read a little bit on it, i've studied it a little and stoicism is something that really interests me um and i think yeah. it really taps into intrinsic motivation and discipline and the teachings of stoicism really do hone in on that phrase I had just said earlier, where you can only control your reaction to external stimuli. That is stoicism in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, I mean, Marcus Aurelius talks about that in his book meditations. Um, like I, I'm not even kidding. Like, it's kind of awesome that you said that because it's literally in line with that. Wow. And I just kind of realized this just now, like, a lot of the conversations we've had have really related to the stoic principles. Yeah. Like you can control your own actions. You can't just like control your entire environment around you. It's, it's awesome. Like I, yeah. I can't believe I just realized this. That is, that is a pretty crazy realization. You know, I haven't read meditations yet. I'd like to, and I think I'd like to study stoicism a little more, especially as I've gotten more into meditation and yoga, which really is teaching me aside from the, physical you know the physiological benefits of it I'm sorry. um which are extensive um that was my apple watch i don't know what just happened but um you know now i lost my train of thought so thank you apple watch but yeah stoicism is something i'd like to start looking into more and learn more because it really does focus on controlling emotion and i think that's something that we as a society could get a lot better at is controlling our emotion Um, because there are so many entities out there that will try to manipulate you leveraging emotions, the media, you know, um, advertisements for products and services. They tap into your emotional bandwidth and they try to manipulate it to get you to do say or act a certain way. And, the best weapon against that is a stoic embodiment or a control and mastery of your emotions. Yeah. And this is, this is a principle I like. uh, And next weekend when I come up, I'm going to give you the 12 wheels for life, but Jordan Peterson talks about this as far as, and it's it's a baseline stoic principle as well. You know, one of your goals in life, you know, depending on, you know, your, your parental status, you know, you should be the strongest man at your father's funeral. Like the one man who isn't going to cry there, who will cry in private. Yes. Cause you have a master of your emotions. You're here to take care of business and lay your father to rest, but in private, take care of what you need to do personally. Um, like, I think that's a beautiful principle to have. Mm-hmm. And one of, one of my aims, one of my goals is to be able to say, you know, and, 
hopefully never, um, you know, I'll, but in reality, probably 40 more years um, to go to my father's funeral and lay him to rest and then go home and be able to let loose some of my emotions as far as the, the crying aspect, no, no real outward, what's a good way to put this? Um, and that's, I, I shouldn't say that, not no outward. It should be an outward allowance of emotion that is within ratio of the event. Like, I, I don't want to go to the funeral like a sobbing mess. I would like to go there and say, hey, I'm going to put, pick my father's casket up, lay him in the ground, and I will go home, and I will take care of what I need to do internally. You want to find um, the silver lining in the situation and capitalize on it versus... Yeah. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply you know, dwelling in the negativity of the situation. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, I think that's an accurate way to put it. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense because I think people would mistake, I think stoicism is often mistaked for apathy or a lack of empathy. Um, It can be be associated with nihilism as well. Yeah, and nihilism. But But it's not. And, And it's not that there's a fear of emotions or there is a suppression of emotions. It's just how you choose to channel your emotions. You are choosing to channel them in a different manner. You're choosing to control, have control over your emotions, not ignore them because it's critical for our mental health to acknowledge our emotions and to accept them, you know, to accept those feelings that you have when bad things happen or when good things happen. But a stoic approach to it is acknowledging those emotions and compartmentalizing them and channeling them appropriately uh, based on the situations, right? At least that's my, that's my interpretation of it. Um, Yeah. Go ahead. No, you're you're good. I was, okay. That was yeah, my two cents. I think I think that's something that's lacking today as far as I, I, we're going a little bit of a tangent here, but I think this is decent. Yeah. But I, I feel as though that's something that's lacking today as far as I don't want to make this a generational thing by any means, but there are so many weak men out there today who will cry at the instant of anything. Mm-hmm. You know. Whereas, you know, the the world needs strong individuals, strong men and women for that yes. matter. Yes. Um, these principles don't just go for men. It's men and women. You know, I'm someone who, as far as personal mental health and then like relationship health, I truly believe that you should be able to openly share thoughts, opinions, emotions. Mm-hmm. 
with others, but to sit there and cry over a glass of spilled milk isn't going to help anyone. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, I, I, you know, that's a, it's a bold statement to say we live in a society of weak men and, um, I, I actually do agree with that. I think there's been a bit of a suppression of masculinity because masculinity has become stereotyped and associated with narcissism. And narcissism and a coinage I would like to use is bro culture. Bro like culture. Like, yeah. Narcissism yeah. and bro culture, which, yeah, those things existed. Absolutely. And yeah, they may be more prevalent in men than women. Right, but masculinity cannot be mistaken for narcissism. Okay, it masculinity is a unique quality, just like femininity, right? That is unique to men, and it is something that is developed, and it has a positive connotation if it's developed properly. Right, you can become a narcissistic man easily. Right, but to be a masculine individual, I think it takes a tremendous, like a tremendous amount of empathy on top of discipline, motivation, and, yeah. you know, work ethic. It's not just, yeah. you know, about that work ethic, that drive, and that, you know, badassery, right? It, you need to have empathy mixed in there to truly yeah. be masculine. Um, and the thing with that, Connor, it's like, and this is a more of a Carl Jung thought process, but having a well balance between the anima and the animus, you're, you're internally, you have a male and female counterpart, but mm-hmm. being able to really balance those two as far as your day to day activities are concerned, because the bro culture really derives when you're heavily heavy on the, I believe it's animus portion. I could be wrong. I can't remember which one's which, but like the male dominant side, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you, when you stray too deeply onto one instead of the other and you know, the weak men philosophy would be straying too far to the left side versus the right side, where if you can't balance those two out internally, you, you end up on the extreme ends. Like I don't have the perfect balance right now, but I'm someone who, and just a self-descriptor real quick, like I enjoy reading books, mm-hmm. but I also love lifting weights. I also have like 30 plants in my apartments. I take care of two dogs. Yeah. Um, I have a relatively clean apartment on top of that. It's, it's a good balance between the, the male and female counterparts. And yeah. I do it. I don't do it on purpose. It's just, these are things I like and things I've grown to do. Well, um, there was a stretch of time. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you're, you're, you're talking about biology here at the end of the day, you know, and yeah. this is to really clarify, you know, this isn't, I want to drive away from any kind of, you know, stereotype of chauvin- chauvinism or something here. No, so this, Men this, this wouldn't be naturally want to protect and women naturally have a drive to nurture. And that is because of hormones and biology, right? It's, it's innate inside of you. Women naturally are caretakers because they can be mothers. Men are naturally protectors because they can be fathers. And but Kyle, I know you're bullshitting. You say you don't want, you don't like being a little spoon every once in a while. That I don't like being what? 
the little spoon every once in a while. I do love being the little spoon every now and then. And that's the reality is every the life is all about balance and you want to find that yeah, balance yeah. between that nurture, you know, and that protecting um uh, drive inside of you. You need to have a balance of both, but you need to have both, you know, and, and that goes for men and women, you know, a truly holistic person is going to have a good balance of that intrinsic, you know, nurture and that intrinsic protect, um, concept about him. I think I, I personally believe that I think, um, I, 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 agree with you wholeheartedly on that concept. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's, that's, that's what I meant when I said you need to have empathy as a man, you need to be able to take your, you know, take a step back and look at the perspective of others and understand where they're coming from and understand the positions they're in and care and genuinely care about that. Yeah. Not just you know, I, understand it, but care. Um, I agree with you, man, but I'll tell you what, the protect side and the nurture side, I love it. But goddamn, I love being a little spoon a little too much. <laughs> it's the nurturing, you know. You just want to be cuddled. And... Like she, she can be five three. She can be six five or taller. I'm open to all, but goddamn, <laughs> the little spoon position for me sometimes. Sometimes I like the little spoon. I like to be. I mean, it's just I don't know. I don't know what it's it adorable. is. It's adorable. It's fucking it's adorable. It's something like, it's inside like, oh, me tells me it's right every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's all I can say. Um, and and you go. can judge all you want, everybody. If you haven't figured it out yet, me and Eric take everything in stride. You're not going to get under our skin. <laughs> no, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, man. A man with thick skin is a happy man. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody with thick skin is profoundly more happy than somebody without it, you know? And, and yeah. part of that goes back I, into, oh, man. into been... you know, and let's, let's divert, let's get off this tangent, but like, you know, motivation and discipline, right. Are needed to achieve whatever your purpose is. And purpose is the underlying common denominator for all action. Right. So, not only do you need a purpose in life, but you want a purpose. Everybody wants a purpose. Our conscience craves purpose, you know, because if it didn't, we would be no different from animals, you know, simply to survive. That would be our only purpose and to reproduce. And outside of that, everything else is irrelevant. But as, well, humans, as human beings, we definitely enjoy practicing the uh, practice of reproduction. Yes, we definitely enjoy practicing our animalistic purposes. But true purpose comes from within yourself. Um, and only you can answer what your purpose is. We cannot sit here and tell you, you know, do this and that will help find you find your purpose or do that and that will show you your purpose. Only you can answer that question, right? But the best way to answer that question goes back to the earlier conversation me and Eric were having with each other, and that's talking about and identifying what is your intrinsic motivation, all right? And are you disciplined enough to achieve whatever your purpose is? Or are you disciplined enough to achieve whatever your goals or objectives are for this day, for this next hour? You have to take it one bite at a time. You know, the only way you can eat it a elephant is one bite at a time or the only way you can eat a whale is one bite at a time 
that's very critical to know. But in order to achieve your purpose, you need to first be able to define it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know for me, and I'll share my purpose, what I view as my purpose in life, um, and, and, you know, it's a developing and growing thing still. It's fluid. Your purpose may change consistently in life. But I wanted to identify one purpose that will not change no matter what path I take in life. And currently that purpose for me is to make my environment and the world a little bit better of a place than when I first stepped into it each day. And I figure if I follow that purpose, um, regardless of everything else you know going on around me, I'm achieving something good. I'm striving for something good. And that's to leave this place, my environment, a little bit better off than when I first stepped into it that day. So, you know, you need to define what your purpose is. And that's going to really drive your actions, your decision, your motivations. Um, it's, it, you know, it's associated with goal setting as well. You know, yeah. and like Connor, I, I know you, you're doing your MBA and whatnot. And through the MBA process, something I learned is like having a five-year or a 10-year plan is rough. Like you can get a rough sketch of what you want to do in that time span. But, you know, at 20-something, you're not going to know what you're going to be doing in X, Y, Z amount of years. Mm-hmm. Like I thought I was going to be working for my previous company for the rest of my life. I thought it was going to be great. At 20, you know, I graduated college at 21. I was like, yeah, this is where I want to be forever. And I realized rather quickly, I was like, man, I don't want to do this another 10 minutes, actually. Yeah. Like, I know what my goal is now. Like, I've got a long-term strategy, um, you know, with a little bit of agility based in. I'm willing to lean in other directions as well. But I know where my heart's at. Um, you know, and, and I poo-pooed on the 5- to 10-year plan. But with what I'm doing now, you know, I, I have to think, you know, 15 to 20 years advanced, like in that span of time, I want to run and operate a billion dollar company. Yeah. Like that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, No, it's, it's, it's cool. But you know, that's if fuzzy is a very, very understated word for that. Um, it's in fact, I would be almost blind to say that's what I'm going to be doing in 15 to 20 years. Um, so right now I am attempting to make my company as good as it can be. Um, increasing efficiencies across multiple platforms. But my purpose currently now, um, this is going to sound stupid, but it is a motivating factor for me. I want to make more money so I can take better care of my dogs, give my dogs the best life they possibly can. And it's stupid, but I know if I can do that, I can buy my own house and the market's a little crazy right now because I'm thinking about two years, which I currently now I could probably do it, but I do not want to sit out there and spend it. We're not going to go in the business direction here or finance or anything like that. But um, like, I would like to buy a house at some point. And my overarching goal for all this is to be able to develop some sort of uh, intergenerational wealth. I actually wrote that down in a, my leather bound journal I believe three or four years ago, something mm-hmm. like that. That was one of my top five goals is to create intergenerational wealth. Um, so as far as like developing that five to 10 year plan, don't, don't do it. I think it's stupid. 
but you should at least have a rough draft as far as like your full vision is concerned. Like what do you want to do at the end of the day? Like at the end of your life, what do you want to hand off to the next generation? That's a smarter way to do it because having that five-year plan where you're like, all right, in five years, I'm going to be in this position, this specific position right here. You're it's yeah. Maybe it'll work like 10% of the time, but the other 90% you gonna be really disappointed. Yeah. And you know, I think that's why it's so important to your point to, to define a purpose, uh, a underlying purpose, because that purpose will help you define your goals. And, you know, your goals are going to be overarched using your, you know, jargon by that purpose that you have in life at this time. And, you know, your goals are going to change because, you know, if you asked me, um, five years ago, what I wanted to do with my life, I would have told you I was going to stay in and be a career military officer, right? And then I slowly realized I didn't want to be a career military officer. So I transitioned was like, well, I'm going to be a federal law enforcement agent. That's what I'm going to do. And I went down that route and I got fully hired. And you know what I did? I turned it down. I turned it down to pursue this entrepreneurial slash business lifestyle because I had an epiphany that my purpose is not defined by my job. My job will not help me achieve my purpose. Only I can help myself achieve my purpose. So the job's irrelevant. Um, and what I had to do is really sit down and ask myself, well, what, what do I want? What does Connor want? What, what's going to make me happy and what's going to help me achieve my purpose more? And that's why I am where I am now. And that's why I'm doing the things I'm doing. Um, but I would have told you you're crazy two years ago. I would have told you you're crazy. I would have been like, there's no way I'm going to be working as a, a senior consultant for a, a national bank, you know, and getting an MBA. Like you're nuts. There's not a shot in hell. Oh. I'm going back to college, let alone working some kind of nine to five. But at that time in my life, my purpose in my mind was my job. What I was doing as a career was my purpose, and that was flawed. And, you know, by nature, that was a flawed way to think. Your job does and, not define you. You know, exactly. what I mean? it and doesn't define you. I, I, I love it. it what, what's messed up about this whole thing? I think you and I are in the same like mindset right now. Yeah. Because I think you and I probably graduated college. You're like, no more school. We're done. Yeah. Never again. <laughs> and, Two years later, I found myself doing my MBA, and I'm like, I, I lied myself. I lied. I lied. Yeah. Completely See, bamboozled again, like, myself. <laughs> yeah. Strictly bamboozled. But, like, again, that goes back to the whole, like, five-year plan thing. Like, you and I, post-grad, did not, post-undergrad, did not assume we were going back to school. It was like, yeah, career officer for Cotter. Eric's going to work for the railroad forever. And it's like... Uh, it's a little cringy now. Thinking yeah, about it, it like, is. It is cringy to think of now. It's like, it's like, ah, oh, man, we really fucked up. We weren't really thinking about this one. <laughs> it was just very. I was very narrow sighted at the time. I was very yeah, narrow sighted and close minded. Connor, I got fucking married at twenty three. Like, what the fuck was I thinking? You know? No, I. Like, you know, I. I, I get that because I'm. I'm happy that I never got married yet, because. I don't think I would have been happy with my life and and whatnot if I had chosen to get married at a young age because there was just so much more that I had 
wanted to do and set my time and energy into. And if you're married, you have to put that energy and time, a big slice of you into that family. Um, which is why now I'm like, I'm very, I haven't dated anyone in two years. Like I'm like strictly focused on my own ambitions, my own goals. You're focused on your self-improvement right now. Yeah. Self-improvement overall. Yeah. Like if you look at me, I wouldn't even say two years, let's say three years ago, I was like very content with being, you know, hyper average at the time. And now I'm like, and I I hate to say this, but like I'm on my fourth promotion within a, what, a year and eight months span. It's like, I'm just trying to like kill it right now. I'm trying to work on my professional career as well as my personal life and intertwine those two to an extent that I can actually be happy. Mm -hmm. Um, which if you're, you know, in your undergrad now or just right out of undergrad, like you're not going to understand this until you actually experience it. But, you know, all those little goals you're setting for yourself right now, they seem important. They do. And some of you can actually carry out on those goals. But for the most part, most of them won't mean anything in about three years. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're going to understand that that postgraduate life Post, sorry, I keep saying postgraduate. I need to be more, a little more specific. Uh, that post undergraduate life is like very, very different from what you envisioned it as. Um, like there are a lot of people who go onto like Wall Street. They do it for about five years and realize they don't like it because they're going to continuously have to work at that pace for the rest of their lives. And there are some people who can do it. Some people will love it. Yeah, they do. They, the people, some people are intrinsically motivated to do it. But the people I've met who worked on Wall Street, it's like there are some good guys, but there are a lot of guys out there who just don't have any real friends out of it. Yeah. And like they don't have people they can actually talk to. It's just more so like a superficial relationship they have with people because they just simply uh, view people as acquaintances instead of actual yeah. friends or ask, or like real people. Yeah. And that's, and I think you're right. And that's, you know, And that's why you really do. You need to, at first, if you're going to take anything away from this episode, we want you to walk away with understanding that you need to define what your purpose is and you need to layer it down. You need to use the five why approach to this. You you need to define a purpose and then you need to ask, why is that my purpose? And you're going to answer that question. And then you need to ask, why, another four times. And it's going to get you down to that root cause that root purpose inside of you and then from there you establish goals right and i want to make a a very clear distinction between what a dream and a goal is okay and i and i wrote this down and it's very it's very important goals without quantifiable metrics are just dreams if you do not quantify your dreams they will never become a reality you cannot you can sit and dream of being that executive or you could sit and dream of being you know a doctor but unless you set milestones or goals to achieve that dream they will never become a reality and that's why goals are so important and before you can define what your goals are you need to define what your purpose is and from there, yeah. you can define your goals. 
And then from there, mm. you need to be aware and cognizant of your intrinsic and extrinsic motivation factors in life. And then you need to ask yourself, are you disciplined enough to achieve these goals and fulfill your purpose? Yes or no. And that will help yeah. you figure out. I agree with you a hundred percent, Connor. Like here's the thing with goal setting too. It's like there are stretch goals and there are step goals. Um, it's okay every once in a while to set those stretch goals where it's like, this is like a huge mountain between myself and the end result. But it's also important to actually set up those step goals in between. Like you need to be able to set up like, Hey, in a week, a month, two months, here are the intermediate steps I need to take in order to reach that stretch goal. Exactly. Because if you just have that stretch goal in front of you, it's going to crush the living hell out of you because you, you won't see that result for, you know, it could be months. It could be years. Mm -hmm. One bite at a but time. You have those, yeah. One bite at a time. Exactly. You know, we want to chase the dragon, but if we don't have that little dragon in between that multiple, those multiple little dragons in between, we're like, ah, I got that one. I leveled up a little bit, leveled <laughs> up again, leveled up again. You're just going to sit there like twiddling your thumbs. Like what the hell am I doing? Yeah, exactly. That's why you have to have those like the smaller intermediate steps I, I associated with it. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, but you know that's that's where we want to leave everybody uh, off this week um, on this episode. Um, so thank you for taking the time to listen. And if you have not liked, shared, or followed us um, on our uh, podcast feed, as well as on Inst uh, excuse me um, on. Uh, Spotify and every other streaming service we're on, please do so. We greatly appreciate it and we greatly appreciate any reviews that you are willing to, to share with the public on us as well. Um, we take it very seriously what you think and, and feel about what we're putting out there. We want this to help better you and help you better yourselves at the end of the day. Uh, so thanks and enjoy the rest of your days. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.